amphetamine-rattled Vietnam vet takes a bizarre trip across the desert in 1971's Vanishing Point. Name, Kowalski. Occupation, driver. Transporting a supercharged Dodge Challenger from Denver to San Francisco. Background, Medal of Honor in Vietnam. Former stock and bike racer. Former cop, dishonorably discharged. Now he uses speed to get himself up. To get himself gone. It's the maximum trip at maximum speed. Vanishing point. Hey, welcome back to Action Action. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say I don't. Hey. Wanna, I don't like saying "with me as always" anymore. Well, welcome back to Action Action. Welcome back, James, James and Dustin. Oh, okay. With you as always is Garth. <laughs> Never mind. I, we were watching uh, Vanity Fair. Does uh, does they put out videos with, like micro? Uh, what are they called? Nano, Nano. What are they called? They're the impersonations. You ever watch those? Cool. <laughs> <coughs> so, anyways, what did you guys get up to this week? Jameson. Jameson. What did I get up to? Let's see. Um, I watched the first episode of Ugly Delicious. Oh yeah, the food which, show John Stone, which is great. I feel like I agree with almost everything that. David Chen says, "Yeah, there's some pretty arrogant people out there. I think when it comes to food, uh, yeah, David Chen's pretty arrogant too. He is, but you just don't. Like, I just like you don't his. Like, you don't like his partner. <laughs> I like his brand. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of more on his side of things. You know, he. It's all about pizza. The first episode, right? And he talks about." They get into like, well, why is this pizza when this go to another country and this is pizza to them, right? Yeah. And then he even talks about how he likes to order Domino's every now and then. Yeah. And at well, the, I was with you up till that point. <laughs> well, at, at the end, he's just like, why? Why can't I say I like Domino's? He, nobody, nobody says he can't like Domino's. No, I know, but like but it's like okay, hold on. Can I compare this to something else? So it's like um, I love Biodome, uh-huh. the movie. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I like Biodome. It's not a good movie. It's terrible, but you're, I'm allowed to like it. But I think the difference is is that you can't say it's really good. Yeah, but the difference is. He's not saying it's really good. The difference is nobody's saying he's Biodome just, he just enjoys it sometimes. No, nobody's saying Biodome isn't a movie. Oh, yeah. oh but they don't say that, do- that it's not pizza. They pretty much say it's not pizza. I don't think I don't. I'm remember sure that there are part. people who have that attitude. I don't remember them saying that it's not pizza. I know that. So the the guy who owns the Brooklyn, yeah, he says that if it has ha- if it has pineapple on it, it's not pizza. <laughs> He says if it has ham on it, I think it's not pizza. Like, he's the one that's really arrogant about it. No, I know. And that's what I'm saying. That guy who's basically don't ever bring Domino's here again. And like, you know, he's just a little uptight about it. But I think that was before he went to Italy. Yeah. I think his his opinion changed after that a little bit. 
Yeah. He became a little more... Well, it's because interesting what they, they get into the whole Italian food and why is it this love for Italian food? Because mediocre Italian food is okay. Yeah. And then it, it gets into... That guy even says... It originally, it was Italian food, then it was Italian-American, and then it's just now it's (laughs) American-Italian, right? Like, it's not really Italian. What are you saying about my Olive Garden? (laughs) Ugh. You like the Olive Garden? I like the the salad and breadsticks. The mains, meh. (laughs) uh, I don't like the Olive Garden. Yeah, I've only I been, I've been, only been there like twice in my life. Long time. But here's the thing: like, I I hate Boston pizza. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's terrible. They have some things that are good. Get out. <laughs> what? I have a vendetta. I have a vendetta with Boston oh, yeah? pizza. I don't know. The chicken tie bites. We don't are need to get good. into it. How did you ever pick it? Like how? I guess I can't say that they they don't have anything good because they've got like five hundred fucking things on their menu. Yeah. So you yeah, want but, a burger? You but want that's pizza? like want... that's like a lot of restaurants it's that you true. walk yeah, into. Yeah, and most of those suck though. Yeah. You feel like when they don't focus on I think Jim, something I that think they're that, good I, at. I think what you're saying is that like if you like something that's cool, you, you like yeah, it. Yeah, just fucking. I know, but there's cares. there's a local bar in town that they have like ten pages. And people love that place. I agree. Smaller menu, better. Usually true. Anyways. James thinks that anything is pizza. Let's get into the debate. (sighs) Good segue, vanishing point. (laughs) I give this movie a really high rating, but I think it kind of sucks. I don't know what to think about this movie. Dustin, I need you to convince me that this is a good movie. I gave it, yeah. I gave it a good rating just a little bit below yours, but I don't know why. It's just what my fingers did. <laughs> it's just what my fingers did. So, uh, when did you, did you guys just watch it? Like recently in the last couple of last days? Night. Last night. Yeah. I also watched it last night. Uh, I've seen it once before. I just don't get it. It's mm-hmm. like. It's trying to say something, like we said, it was trying to say something, but we're not from that time and we don't understand or I don't know. There's a lot of things that I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Okay. Um. <laughs> like the, like the, like, like super soul is like on his side, but then he like sells out, but then he's back. Well, he didn't sell out so much as I think he was put in a position where he was being physically threatened unless he... He sent a message that they wanted him to send. He like they came in and they beat him and that guy, other guy up, and then he was, uh, you know, kind of pressured to give a certain message. So he would go a certain way to get caught. Yeah, so you trap him. I, I guess the problem for me is like so. In trying to understand this movie more, I listened to an interview with the director. Oh yeah, and it didn't clear anything up because he basically said. I didn't want this actor. I wanted another actor. I had, what did he say? I had John C. Scott lined up for this movie, but the studio didn't want him. Then I had Gene Hackman lined up. Studio didn't want him. They wanted this guy. Barry Newman. Barry Newman. They said it's either going to be Barry Newman or no movie at all. Yeah, I read read a brief, like, little, just one line about that said that. Yeah, then... He wanted the ending to be different, and they're like, oh, no. I didn't know about that. He, he uh, did, was involved with all the casting, cast the, girl fr- the girlfriend. When it came to shoot, 
it wasn't that actress that he cast. Oh, really? And the Weird. studio said, do it. wonder why they would meddle so much with this particular movie. It's not. It doesn't seem like it was a big time... Uh, I mean, I imagine it was a big time hit or anything. It doesn't, well, have, it was, doesn't have any like super famous actors in it. There was like no budget when it came time for the like uh, the after production for the movie to get promoted. Mm-hmm. I guess there was some management change at the studio, right. and their philosophy was like, "Well, this isn't my movie," so they didn't even push it. They tried to even pull it right. Oh yeah, from from being shown. And like, I I just don't, it it sounds like this is like not the movie he wanted. He talks in this interview how he hopes to one day make uh, Vanishing Point 2 to actually make a movie, the movie he wanted to make. There was a made for TV remake of it with Viggo Mortensen in the, (laughs) in the role. Oh, really? Yeah. So... I don't, if this isn't the movie that he was wanting to make, what is this movie? I don't understand. Yeah, I didn't know all that stuff about him. Uh, well, like he wanted to change the ending and different. I knew he wanted uh, Gene Hackman in the lead role. And I don't know. I guess they probably wanted Barry Newman because he would cost less money in the studio. Oh, probably. I'm sure it came down to money. Um, and it does seem like, you know, it's a pretty small, you know, ba- like, you know, there's not a lot of stuff going on in the movie. Like it's pretty stripped down. And, you know, the the biggest budget would be wrecking the cars. <laughs> like the, yeah, yeah. I think they used eight or something. Yeah, eight different. And days. they actually used a Camaro for the final yeah, scene. Yeah, for the <laughs> crash. Yeah. yeah. I guess for me, all I thought watching this movie was, man, I want to watch Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> That's all I thought. Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's a weird movie. It's, you know, on the surface, it's just like, uh... A car chase, basically. The whole oh, movie. yeah. It's a straight car chase. Um, but it's got all this weird sort of existential kind of philosophy going on underneath the surface of it. And it kind of makes for a weird and it's un- and an uneven movie, I would say. But it has like a really interesting vibe to it that uh, it's weird because also in 1971, Tulane Blacktop came out, which is another kind of car chase movie that also is like an existential sort of dilemma movie going on and it's kind of strange to me that two movies like that would come out in the same Hmm. year but is it possible that the movie just isn't very good because of all the problems that happened on set and afterwards and everybody just thought it was good but people love this much. Well, I, I don't think it was thought of as being all that good when it came out. Okay, I don't know. All I can go, I, I can't. I don't know about that. But going on, like IMDb and stuff like that, like and and Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, like people's reviews. It's like quite high. Yeah, I think it's great personally. Um, but that's because, well, first of all, I just on just on the level of the car chase itself, I think is really fun and just like exhilarating and gives you that sense of like. I don't know, open road, just the road opening up in front of you and kind of limitless. Yeah, uh, you definitely get the limitless when he goes into the desert and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and it's kind of also this like strange, like trippy odyssey going on where he encounters all these weird characters in his journey and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's these, I don't know. I understand why people would. Th- so here's what I think. I understand why people would love this movie and think it's an absolute masterpiece. 
at the same time, I understand what the director is saying and being like, oh no, this is a hodgepodge of shit that just got thrown together. Well, like, that's I, not I, no, what no, no, no. What I mean is like, but like mistakes, like, sh- like shit that happened. Like, and I didn't necessarily intend for all of these things to happen the way that they did. I want to really redo this movie the way that my vision was. And it just kind of because everything sometimes kind there of, are happy accidents, is what I guess I would yeah I would say. Like maybe the director did have a different vision. I don't know all the details of all that. Like or a different ending. Uh, I I don't know. I really like the ending. It's kind of it would kind of feel weird to me now to think of him like oh like maybe I don't know what his original ending was. But like if he wanted to make a sequel, then I guess he didn't want Kowalski to die I knew Kowalski was gonna die from the very first it seems pretty faded doesn't it it's as soon as I as soon as it happened I knew he was gonna die it's he when he uh, turns around and yeah, he like yeah. he's in the desert and he has that moment of like clarity I was like oh he's gonna fucking blow up <laughs> yeah well it's kind of an inescapable situation that he's in like it's not though he could get away I guess in other in another type of movie he would I think but yeah, the, I think I think the ending was supposed to be something like he hit the dozers, but he like went on to like another level or something, like something. He transcended this plane. Well, <laughs> something like that. It would that. have had to have been different machinery. Like I'm sure it would have been like a different type of like machine that was in front, so that he could like. Well, no, so I don't. Like, Dukes of Hazard over it. Some. Well, he does Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, you get that kind of feeling. Yeah. Um. I guess I don't know. Like, it's this idea for me anyway. What I like about it is this idea that Kowalski is this guy who we see through flashbacks. He's been like in all these different avenues of life. Like he was a soldier, and then he was a cop, and then he was a kind of a hippie person, and like he was a race driver. And uh, he just didn't find a place anywhere. Like, he just didn't oh, see, fit anywhere. That's what you thought? Because I didn't yeah. think that at all. I thought that, like, he was a tragic figure in the sense that he, um, everywhere, every time he tried to, like, make a go of something, he came up against an obstacle. Yeah, that, I think like, that's part that, of it. Like, that, like, it wasn't, it, he didn't fit there. It was, like, something got in his way. And because of who he is, like... Like he was he was literally in car accidents. Like he was literally in, in like a crash about it. So like he crashed in the in the motorcycle. Yeah. He crashed in the um, the race car driving. Yeah. He cr- like he crashed into an older cop who um, who who like who was who was like sexually assaulting a girl and like he his code couldn't let him stop. So he like yeah. He, and and in Vietnam he like. Bullets crashed. Like, but that's what him. I mean by he. Well, yeah, he got shot too, right? Uh, but that's what I mean, kind of by he didn't fit. Like, he didn't fit the cop culture because he had certain ideals that once he was in it, uh, you know, it didn't. It didn't. He didn't fit there because that's not what was going on. Yeah, I think. But I think that what what I mean by like the fact that he was like in these these vehicle accidents was that existentially, like it, it was. It wasn't even necessarily like. Um, like he didn't fit, but like the world was against him in a sense. Yeah. Where like things were things were like behind behind the scenes, like forcing him out of these things that he was good at, and that he was a man with no real home, and that's why in the end he decides to do that because he's like I'm done. 
yeah, there's nowhere for me to go. Like he's just driving and you know, it's the police that are the ones who are causing the danger by pursuing him and all this kind of stuff. Even like now, you know, you hear people talk about now, like the laws as far as police pursuing, uh, I don't think you can do it in Canada. Yeah. Because it's dangerous. Right. Um, but, but that's just like where, he, where he's coming to this place, kind of a similar theme in some ways to Wild Bunch, where the type of world that he's living in is coming to an end. Like everything is more contained. Everything is more policed. Everything, you know, everything is more regulated. Everything is more, I guess. And it was like this idea of the that. open free road. See, I don't, see, I don't necessarily buy that part. I buy the part that he's a man who doesn't fit into this, into a world as in, like, he's a, I know there's a word for this, but he's like a, a doomed soul. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's a doomed soul. Like, no matter what. I think what, we agree. We're just kind of coming yeah, at think, it from a different. I, I think that it's not like the world's changing. I think that it's just that he has no place in this world. He's a born loser. It, but it, he's an incredibly talented, amazing <laughs> loser. It just, I don't know. I don't know. With him running away from the cops they're even like why is he doing this like they're confused he runs those two cops off the road just because he can basically yeah but it just James had a good point we were watching it last night and uh, part of the way through the movie we're like what the fuck I'm like why are they doing this and James thought oh he has to get back like because he says he's going to be back by three o'clock yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, on Sunday. To San Francisco or whatever. And James is like, oh, he has to be back. He's no, like, no, he doesn't have to be back by I, that time. I know he doesn't, but yeah. we're, we're partway through the movie at this I, point. That, to me, is the only logical reason why because, he's doing it. Because So he runs those two cops off the road. Well, he runs the first cop off the road the, on the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. But he stops and checks to make sure he's okay. Yeah, and then also with the guy that wants to race him and starts trying okay. to run off so, the road. So he's his his motivations don't make any sense because he freely, like almost gleefully, runs the cops off the road. It seems, but then stops to make sure they're okay. Yeah, I don't think he wants to kill them. He just wants to keep going. So, so if he if he didn't care, if he wants to just keep going, he would just keep going. So James was like, oh, no, man, like, I think this guy's got a code. So he, like, he has to make sure the guy's okay, but, like, he has to, like, get back to, like, do yeah, something. Yeah, like, I don't think he wants to kill anybody. No, but it's like, he doesn't want to do any of this stuff, but yeah. he has to. He's being forced he's to. He's being forced to. To find out that he's not being forced to, he's just doing it because he's crazy. Because he's the fastest. He can get the cars there the fastest. I don't know. I just don't get it it's like he's just pushing himself for internal reasons that you know there there's not much dialogue so he he doesn't really express a lot of why he's doing anything in the movie at any point he's just feeling compelled to do this well, so i guess you yeah. know he's it's almost like he's competing with himself or something like he's you, he's, you get the tragedy aspect with all this flashbacks and stuff yeah but i don't know Did it's just have one good birthday <laughs> I don't think he was hugged. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I think he was hugged, and then the person who gave him a hug died right away. Oh, maybe. And then he watched them die, and he's like, I don't like hugs. Hugs, <laughs> hugs kill people. <laughs> well, it's weird, because he definitely seems like he is, I don't know, he's, you know, he must be what we would call clinically depressed now. 
but uh he's also a speed he did, freak. he's not like uh he's not like super morose or anything he's just kind of f- seems kind of numb and just I, I think that part of the problem is is that i and i don't know if this is true it feels like the motivations changed for the character throughout the film like it started out as kind of one film. It starts and out turned, like, as like a race thing where he's, he just needs to get there because he's got to deliver this car. But so, yeah. some, so certain things that he does in like that that first chase scene with the two with the two um, motorcycle cops don't make sense in the con- greater context of the rest of the film. What do you mean, like the checking on them? Uh, like the fact that he tries to literally drive them. He tries to hit them with his car, and he's like smiling about it. Well, they're chasing him, so he's just trying to like bump them. It's not like he's like driving him into a. Fucking okay, so let's just so let's just say the news came on today, and uh, it said uh, local man um, doesn't try to kill cop. Local man <laughs> tries to just bump motorcycle cop off the road. You'd be like, oh, that fucking guy's nuts. Like that guy tried to kill that yeah, guy for sure. But I think yeah. So like we would think that for sure if we saw a news story like that. I think in the movie. It's clear that he's not meant to be trying to kill them. Mm, you think he's trying to kill the cops? No, I don't think so. Which is why I think that James's idea make, plan makes way more sense in a very much more traditional movie, which yes. people might not yes. like as much. But actually, that, that movie would actually like follow like a no, a yeah, proper I get, tra- I get trajectory. That. But see, that that movie would be more in line with like. Smoking the bandit, yeah, right. Where it's he's trying, yeah, it's, it's clock. A, it's he's clock. trying to deliver something. Someone's trying to stop him. All these things happen in between. That. I, I he doesn't I feel kill like that himself would be a at more the end. Boring movie to me. I mean, just because I've already seen that, but you it know? could be the exact same movie. Well, I don't think it would have the same strange feeling to it. It could have even been. It could even if the bet just was like. If he had, if he had made the bet before he met the guy with speed, or something like that, I don't. know. It's just like it, and the fact that he kills himself, like. But like, so what makes this a better or non-boring movie? I'm not, I'm not saying to, it's a better movie than say Smokey and the Bandit. Dustin's I'm just saying, saying it's it's, a, it's its own movie. Well, I, and I understand. If it was it's something, if it was more traditional, then you know it wouldn't stand out as a movie that people cared about. It would just be like another racing movie if it was like a more traditionally structured movie and i understand like the desire for some of that because not all everything in this movie really makes sense i don't give know? a shit about anyone in this movie yeah you don't really get a you know i like, like i like kowalski i like him um, too. i like him to a degree that hey yeah like he can drive that car really good but <laughs> i think that i don't i think it shows enough about him in little in the little background stuff we get that what if this was okay so let's let's think of a new way of looking at it if you were to argue that he knew he was gonna die before he left i would buy it if you were like he knows he's on a suicide mission yeah i'm not not entirely sure that he doesn't but if there was but if there was like one foreshadowing like one glimmer of like the fact that he knew like this is it like he's just doing this so he will die I would buy it. Well, I kind of think that that's what all of the, the flashbacks sort of build to. It's true, except for it's the it's the it's the two parts that really stop that from making a lot of sense. It's when he stops to help the cop, or not help, but look at the cop, 
And when he stops to look at the asshole that was driving the Jaguar. It just doesn't jive with everything else. Well, I like I said, I think he's it's still trying to show that he has a certain type of character, that he's not a murderous person. And that's why he checks on these people that he runs off the road. Even the Jaguar guy who was like a dick and was the one who started racing him and was the one who tried to start knocking him yeah. off the road. Yeah, but, but that guy's character is more believable as someone that would kill themselves at the end. Yeah, the guy who's I don't understand like why the two what the two have to do with each other. It is, it's not fair. Like, it's just, you don't have to. It's not your job to justify everything in this movie. Like, it. it I'm just having a hard time understanding. I think I what. understand the movie. I just think that I want to see what the the directors did. He write it as well. Well, it would, no, no. It would be interesting to see, uh, you know, his his cut or whatever. And I think that's what but, I want to see. I want to see like. I want to see what it, what it was supposed to be because I think it is a really good movie. I just think that there's something missing. Hmm. I honestly do, and I don't understand what the super soul super soul that is aspect like, of it. Um, well, he's kind of like this weird prophet kind of guy who's like there's this, there's almost a suggestion at one point that he is kind of psychically connected to. Kowalski. Well, well, multiple times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Throughout the whole film. I, he he, he directs, talks directly to him, and he reacts to things that Kowalski does, like turning off the the radio yeah, or yeah, like yeah. turning it back on. Like, like, don't do that. Yeah. It's weird, too. And, like, he tries to... He knows that he's going to kill himself at the end, too. Like, Yeah. Um, There's a lot... Like, I don't... Is this... A, so is this just one of those movies that people, like, are supposed to, like... I don't know, because I've never really heard much of anyone ever talk about it. I mean, I, I think well, if you go online, you can find all kinds on, of stuff, on, of course. I know, but online, it's like on people's top best action movies of all time list. I mean, like... I don't know if I would do put it on my best action movies of all time list, because it's really not an action movie, even though, you know, there's would tons you, of car chase stuff throughout the movie. Would you put it above or below Bulletproof? Starring <laughs> Damon Waynes and Adam Sandler. Well, as a movie, I would put it above it. Um... <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a strange oddity that I really enjoy that has, it's just a totally different type of thing going on in it. Um, and I do really love the way the, ch- the chases are shot and everything, but uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'd say it's like one of the greatest action movies ever made. I think it's a, just an interesting, weird movie from a certain time that just exists and that's, it's cool that it exists because it's definitely interesting. I, and I have no idea where it fits in, like, the big picture of all these chase movies, right? Like, it seems like this was maybe one of the one of the first ones that, like, a, a lot of other movies kind of took some things from it, right? Sure, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It's, At this time, it seems like there was kind of a lot of... There's, like, tons. sort of racing, car chasing movies, yeah. right? You had, like bullet and you had yeah. two i said mentioned two lane blacktop and there was a movie called the driver that came out in the 70s as well and like race race the devil is another movie with paul newman and uh uh warren oates that's kind of a weird chase type movie as well so that was a thing and i think probably a lot of people cut up probably just watched this and been like oh okay it's cool it's just a car chase and not really necessarily picked up on all the other weird shit going on with it right mm-hmm. um 
so maybe that's why a lot of people think of it that way. And I know people think highly of the way that the chases are shot and stuff, which I think they, they should. Because while it's not, you know, necessarily the craziest stuff, it's just, it has, it gives you that sort of visceral exhilaration feeling of, you know, the road is just, you know, racing up to meet you. And, yeah, um, you know, he's going around corners and all that way that's shot and everything. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that Dean Jagger did played the prospector. What? Who's Dean Jagger? He's in. He's in a lot of movies. He's in like. Uh, I remember him from like White Christmas. He's the general in White Christmas. Oh okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He gets all weepy and shit. Yeah. But he's in tons of movies. Uh, he's in uh, the TV show St. Elsewhere was his last role oh yeah isn't that the great connector (laughs) St. Elsewhere have you ever heard of that theory what theory what like a kind of a six degrees thing except with St. Elsewhere you guys talk I'm gonna find out the the St. Elsewhere theory so I mean other I mean I think we talked about plot yeah and we talked somewhat about pacing it's kind of like Almost nonstop pacing. Yeah, I think it's pretty great like, pacing. Yeah. I mean, there are little parts where he stops, but then those parts are just like he meets these weird little different characters. Like he meets the prospector guy. Yeah. He meets the the guy with the chopper and his nude <laughs> girlfriend riding around on the bike. Yeah. He meets the weird religious group out in the middle of the desert yeah. kind of thing. So the St. Elsewhere theory is that all shows connect back <laughs> to St. Elsewhere. Have you okay. guys ever heard of this show? No. Elsewhere? I've heard of the show, no. yeah. I don't I don't Do you know what it's about? Was it was it a it wasn't a hospital show, was it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Was it? So here's a here's a the first thing that that's popped up. Um popped up. Um although buh, 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 buh. But this television, this television changing theory doesn't stop there. Uh, oh, sorry here. Walter White and Rachel Green are no longer just characters in pop culture themed fantasy games of Clue. They're characters that could have bumped into each other on the street. But this television change, that's boring. <laughs> Pretty much, I think that what happens is, is that in St. Elsewhere, it's a TV show that all turns out to be in the mind of an autistic kid. Okay. At the end, so it's like a story he's inventing with all these. Different yeah, like, characters I think like the, one of the characters, like at the end, goes home, and it turns out that like his, it was all a dream. It, it's, it's like it's all a dream in his kid who's autistic's head, right? Okay. But the theory is, is I think that other people from Saint Elsewhere popped up on other shows. Oh, like the characters from Saint Elsewhere have appeared on other, or things. people from other shows popped up on Saint Elsewhere. Okay, which means that like they're connected, but then those shows connected to other shows, and out and out and out and out. Okay, so all shows connect to Saint Elsewhere. It's huh. an interesting idea. Hmm. So they're all in the same reality. Well, send me this thing afterwards. Have you never heard? I can't believe you've never heard. Uh, no, of this. I don't think I've ever heard this. Well, this this list that I'm just the first link I clicked on. Um, hold on, fuck me. Uh, we're down to 419 shows that connect to are it. connected to Saint Elsewhere, yeah. including uh, at the very end here we've got Webster, Weeds, The White Shadow, Wiz Kids, Wings, The Wire, Without a Trace, Wonder Woman, Wonder mm-hmm. Falls, The X Files, You Wish. 
The Young and the Restless and The Young Marrieds. Oh, I want to know how it connects is the thing. But yeah, it's it's, uh, an interesting idea. Yeah. There's like this one TV universe that all of the other ones like... Pop out of. Come from, yeah. (laughs) From this autistic kid's brain. Cool. (laughs) Wait, why did we start talking about this? Oh, because Dean Jagger was in it. It was in St. Elsewhere. He was in St. Elsewhere. Was he supposed to be the prospector from Vanishing Point? (laughs) (laughs) If he was the prospector from Vanishing Point, that means... That whole, like, church scene. Yeah, the Jehovah is the name of that... Mm, pastor cool. guy oh jehovah i was like yeah. i look at that guy i was like that guy's a fucking creep yeah I mean, he was like the t- basket of he's snakes like, he's like talking to that kid he's like hey you guys like what do you like they're all singing and the, he's just like talking to that little kid like oh you like talking to me you like my cross you want to touch my cross <laughs> it's like fucking stay away from don't don't talk to that guy and jesus people like weird like hippie christian desert I don't know, like fucking healer. What do you call it? faith healer? Well, I'm people. assuming they were snake handlers. Yeah, they were. But he, but but then he didn't, didn't need them anymore because they, they got the good because they got music now. Yeah. It's like you fucking <laughs> seen this before. <laughs> so, the, what do you guys think about the ending when he crashes into the? He looks like he has a a sort of almost a contentment in his eyes when he. Is making that final run. I think it makes sense in the context of this film. I think it's absolutely bonkers that that the movie studio made this ending. Like if yeah, if, no. If yeah. What James is saying, like it, it seems like it's like you have like the uh, the roles reversed. It feels like the director made this movie and the studio wanted the movie the director yeah, wanted. That's that's what's weird about it. To and me. that's what's this so is, crazy. This is the more art artsy kind of take on it, right? Is to like a dark have a dark ending. Your protagonist like basically commits suicide. Uh, he's trapped. He has nowhere to go. Like all the people gathering there, though they're just like they're just there to watch. Eh. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> I think that I can go home. I think that if I wanted to, I could sit down and really come up with like really good points of a theory of why this movie is amazing. But I wonder if that's why what makes this movie kind of really divisive is that through it, like you said, like it's happy accidents. Yeah. It just can be amazing mm-hmm. when it was never intended to be. Yeah. Like I, like I would want to see the, what the director wanted to do because I don't like, it sounds like it would just be more, basic <laughs> kind of like uh, then he escapes and he does a big jump but over I, the <laughs> no <laughs> I, mean, I don't think he, I don't think he wanted him to escape he just didn't want him to no it was something or? like no it's he dies I think it's he dies and goes on into something else like uh, so it gets even trippier yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like uh it's just talking because I think so the, in the second one he races in a like a no um, he's not uh, saying dimensional like plane the second one <laughs> across the cosmos <laughs> he's saying he wishes he could make the second one so he could make the ending he wanted oh okay that he didn't get so, so he pretty much wants to remake the movie he wants right. to remake the movie right. yeah okay so and so I got, he would die and he would kind of kill himself but he would sort of transcend to another plane and we'd know that he kind of lived on in some way. Yeah. Well, do you have a favorite scene? Is there one that stands out for you? Um, 
Well, I do like that church scene just because it gives you that weird sense of like this wacky cult and stuff. But so your favorite scene is like one of the most unaction aspects of the movie. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying that's my favorite scene. I'm just saying I You're do so, like I, that scene a lot. But um, right when he starts off with those those two cops pursuing him and he kind of they make, he makes those two guys crash and then they like get into another car and continue there's just like a i don't know the feeling during that is just pretty intense like the way that they shoot this stuff but the whole i mean there's good stuff like that with the car throughout the movie so it's hard to pick one spot and go this is the the spot for me do you have one that you feel like is stands out more that there's like a no i think that 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 the chase through the construction zone yeah yeah like stands out um how how he knew where to go yeah, is yeah. beyond me. Yeah, I guess he's traveled these roads well, before. My right? theory is is that he just drove the opposite direction. Oh yeah. So like he just drove from San Francisco to Colorado. Well, if he's delivering cars all the time, you think he maybe he knows these roads. Yeah. Either way, because um, he knows where to split off and take like a dirt road and go through some small little. Yeah, I'd be using ways and shit. So I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. um. So that one really stands out. Um, and then, I mean, my favorite, what sta- a scene that stands out is the the Nazi scene. Or not Nazi, but white supremacist scene. Yeah. Which, see, and that's the other part I have, a problem I have with this movie is that they, they try to put too much stuff. They try to, they try to add too many layers to this film. Like, if you want to make this, like, um existential crisis film about a guy driving a car you know from Colorado is it Colorado? yeah Colorado to San San Francisco Francisco. like let's not add the fucking KKK um subplot to the side character maybe an unnecessary development yeah but so um that stands out but I really like not an action scene but I like how all the people are gathering um like at the the where the the final like impact happens, um, it's really foretelling of like I feel this is because I'm in modern culture in modern times. It's really foretelling. I feel like of what's happening now with like where I feel like with social media and with um, with news and with everything that's happening. We're like I feel like we're in this car accident that's about to happen, and everybody's just so gleefully running towards it. Whether it's like political or, or like a, a famous person that's gonna like burn out, like we all want to watch that happen, and I, right. I feel like it, it's really it's a really really smart um, thing for like seventy one. Not that they wouldn't think of that in seventy one, but people like, always love some some bloodshed. People, people are fucked up. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I was driving home today and it was like oh there's a car accident on everyone on the look. uh yeah have the a iron, iron workers bridge i think or something like that and portman Brit- yeah iron workers whatever yeah. and it was like um oh yeah traffic's backed up heading west for people to look and i'm like why the fuck would people look just keep driving they want to see if there's a dead body i've driven by so many accidents i've never seen a dead body yeah or they want to see yeah like, i did one how <laughs> I've seen a dead body at a car accident, yeah. but it wasn't like it wasn't a car; it was a motorcycle. Yeah, same here. But it, but that's because we went to it to like help people. Yeah. Like I don't. I'm well, not, it's the whole rubbernecker thing, right? Like 
I actually thought about that today. You can't look away. You got to yeah. see. You I drove past an accident today on the highway. And I was like, I can't believe I've never seen a dead body. But I'm really not looking for it. Like, they should just put up, like, a fucking barrier. Like, but do you look when you move by? No, you know, you, 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 it's something you, can't, I, you almost can't. No, I, right? I look. Pretty much everybody looks. Yeah, yeah but you look because you're it's going. nature. I'm going 10 kilometers an hour. Yeah. I got nothing better Yeah, that's to true. Do. If I was going fast, I, I might glance. Yeah, if I was going, if I was going 120, I wouldn't look because I was like. But I everybody is doing the same thing, right? Everybody is. Well, I'd be the first person through there, like, not looking. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe the first person looks to be like, is everybody is anybody dead? Do I have to call somebody? Yeah. And then it just stops. And it just snowballs. <laughs> so the first person should really be like, I don't give a shit. I'm ghost. <laughs> and like, fucking go through and then... Deal with it, motherfuckers. Um, yeah, I don't know. The desire to see some kind of gruesome action. Yeah. But like you said, they after it's over, they're like, okay, well... Yep. Okay. Back to, well, back to my day. Back. Go back home. And I think that's. I mean, see, the thing is, like, I'm arguing myself almost into loving this movie because <laughs> I think there are so many great things. Can we talk about for a second though before we talk about favorites? I did, I know I asked the favorite scene part, but what was the collage again? Collage. Oh, so that the nude writer pre- presented him. Yeah. yeah. It was just of like uh, news articles and stuff, and it's like you know. So this is barely referenced, but he was fired from being a police officer, and I assume it has something to do with how he stopped that other cop. So yeah. he was kind of run out of, you know. Yeah, I thought that was her. No, she just had had it because she was like a hippie, and he was like this rebel cop who rebelled against the system of what the police were like. At is that? that- time. So that's so she, what you're supposed to get from that with the collage. I yeah, she it. just had a, she had just put a picture of him up because she admired that he stood up to the police or whatever. I thought it was her. No, it's not her. I mean, we can double check. On that. I don't know what's going on <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> so they're just like you know they're kind of like these crazy hippie people and they lived out in this weird, <laughs> fucking burned out house can in the middle be, of the desert. I don't know. No windows no, I see, I or anything. Po- I, see, I have a problem with. Co- First of all, I don't like hippies, um, but. Is she a hippie? Because I don't know if you can be a, uh, uh, in a motorcycle gang. And Were they in a gang? If, we were, if you're patched up, yeah. Was he patched up, the guy that rode the chopper? Yeah, well, honestly, his cut had a patch on the back, I think. Oh, I didn't notice. But um, I don't know. At that time, it was kind of just like counterculture where, you know, the cops and the politicians and the religious people they're the squares and everyone else are like these weird freaks that are just maybe, trying to like live free lives you know and maybe because you're an old man like you understand this more whereas like <laughs> James and I are just way way too young we're <laughs> yeah, just we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're just gonna go we're just gonna go back to our Richard Diamonds and our our Johnny Dollars our old time radio dramas because I just says yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That's well, you get that with Super Soul. How he keeps calling him the last, the last hero, the last you know, because he's like a, it's like a mythic, like folklore kind of thing of like the same as like in the old West, people made heroes out of the outlaws because the outlaws were robbing the banks and the banks were against the people, you know. So even though they were like murderers who were just doing this for themselves well, to I'm make still, themselves rich, I'm they were like against, heroes to the people. Yeah, and I'm he's still just against a, the banks. Well, yeah, and he's just a, you know. All he's doing is 
fucking driving at illegal speeds. <laughs> and so this. he's a hero because he won't stop. He won't let the police stop him. Uh, I don't know. There's, I don't know. There's all this kind of stuff going on in it. But if bank robbers would start like acting a little cooler again, <laughs> like maybe I'd get on their fucking side. A bunch of fucking dorks and masks. <laughs> Have a little pizzazz when you go in there. Mm. Kick something over. Take control. Mm-hmm. Just stand there like your goddamn ski mask or your fake thing, and you'd be like, "Give me the money." With a little note, you pussy. I, I don't think we're promoting robbing banks. I am. <laughs> if John, you do, John is. John, okay, John if is. If you do it fucking cool enough, <laughs> like a little bitch. <laughs> well, what have we not talked about? Uh, we talked about the plot. We talked about the pacing. There's not really terribly great or memorable quotes. I don't think in the movie. From my perspective, oh. I think it's just the tire screeching and the <laughs> soul cylinder <laughs> has some. The road. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> I like the way he ha- he chills with his dog, who's obviously not a fucking helper dog. Yeah, that dog did not want to walk him <laughs> yeah. across the street. <laughs> that dog was like, "Fuck this shit, Get me out of here." <laughs> that was the first and only time that dog's ever been in any kind of like contraption. <laughs> We'll just use Jim's dog yeah. for this scene. He's like, Mark. Hey, Mark. Bring your dog. Bring your dog down here. Yeah. It's, it's a good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's like, I can't tell. Honestly, it, it's like, I want to give it like really, really high marks. And I want to give it really, really low marks. And I can't decide. I've given it things in, in the middle. This is a movie that I think that... Um, we haven't really talked about this that much, but I think on our one year of doing this podcast, we revisit some films. And this is a movie I really want to revisit. And I just want to like... James, you're going to have to watch it again. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying you have to watch it again. No, no, no. I'm just saying, talk about it again. Just talk about it again and just mm-hmm. say, hey, is there anything that's like that's changed? Hmm. You know, I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I shouldn't watch the movie the day before the podcast so I could have a little time to... I usually watch the movie a day before the podcast. Well, yeah, I do too, because then it's fresh. You know, it's fresh in my mind usually. But, but there is maybe some benefit to watching it like a week before, maybe because then you have time, more time to sort of ruminate on it. And That's think true. About it. But overall, it's a, yeah. I think it's a strange movie for this podcast. Like you know, most of the stuff we do is pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah. You know, what you see is what you get, kind of thing. And this mm-hmm. is a bit more of a sort of meditation. It's a real, medi- it's just, a real despite meditation. Despite being a car chase. I also fucking movie. hate hippies, man. <laughs> this movie has a strong hippie vibe. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are we saying? Are we going to talk about our scores here? Yeah, well, overall, I've given this movie... A lower rating than James, apparently. Oh, really? No. You keep putting it in my column. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I moved it. Your your ratings up again. So my ratings are in the top. Where they're supposed to be. Yeah, they're always the top. <laughs> no, they're always the top. Oh. Weird. <laughs> like you already have your rating in for Tango and Cash. Oh, I was like, when did James watch Tango and Cash? You've always been the top. I don't fucking think, man. Oh, God. Maybe I'm a hippie. No, I'm not. Overall, 
6.6. That's, you, that's your oh, averaged out of all your... No, yeah, that's my average out. My reaction is actually a 7. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, there's something there. But overall, 6.6. Yeah, my reaction is a 6, and overall it's a 6.2. I just... I, I just don't feel it. Weren't feeling yeah, it. and I just think the reason why my ratings are lower is probably just because I'm just missing something. I guess. Here, what's really interesting about that though is that even though you feel like you're missing something, you know it's almost twice as good as Universal Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instinctually, I, I would probably watch this. I would well. I would definitely watch this before. Would watching you watch this Universal. again before watching Out for Justice? No, I'd probably watch Out for Justice, <laughs> which you gave a four point eight two. I know, but that, I just I gave like Out for Justice. Movie. Movie. Oh, we should watch Out for Justice again. <laughs> Holy shit! I, this is not what I expected. This conversation. I think we should just watch a highlight reel of Out for Justice. I think I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do that after this. We're done recording. Uh, what did my average scores? Because uh, 7.8, I think, is what mine came to. Yeah, you gave it an 8. Yeah, my overall reaction your was reaction an 8. Your reaction 7.8. All right, with all the average of everything. So that... So I like it a lot more than you guys. Well, it ties it with Lethal Weapon. Oh, okay. Lethal Weapon's better. I think Vanishing Point's a better movie, but as an action movie, Lethal Weapon is better, and this is an action podcast, so I guess I, I gotta see Lethal Weapon. I'm gonna th- say that I think that Lethal Weapon is a better m- movie. I think that they're both incredibly flawed films. <laughs> yeah. That with with very much meandering plots. It's kind of actually. Plot, no it, it's actually that. kind of fitting, almost, that it's like right next to Django, because I feel like it's somewhat similar and so I like Django so much more though well I hope I'm looking back at my, my <laughs> I just think they're they're uh, movies that not maybe more. not a lot of people have seen and that some the people that have seen them they usually oh really like them either really like them yeah. or they're just kind of like me mm. yeah they both kind of have cult status yeah. yeah they're not like widely even known about movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so it's below Lethal Weapon and above Django, is that right? Is that what you said? No, it's tied with Lethal Weapon. Oh, tied with Lethal Weapon. But we said that we would put Lethal Weapon ahead of it. Yeah. No, I'm voting for Lethal Weapon. We all said that, yeah. Yeah. So Lethal Weapon is 10 still. And then this will be 11. Couldn't crack the top 10. Fuck you, Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) I think it had... Didn't Rot- Rotten Tomatoes have it in its top 10? What? Vanishing Point? Point? Oh, I don't think... What is that? I don't know. It was in the top something. Hmm. So, what is going to crack the top 10 <laughs> is the next film we're going to watch. What's that, James? Wait, I thought the next film we were going to watch is... It's Tango and Cash, It's isn't Tango it? and Cash. Yeah. That's what I thought, and I was like... He's James, saying it's going to crack the top James ten. Yeah, we talking about I'm that. Gonna, I'm just going to. I haven't watched it yet for this for the purposes of yes. our review, but uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and say probably not going to crack the top ten. I'd be amazed if it doesn't. <laughs> Come on, it's not going to crack the top ten. Okay, well, so I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I'm, it's been a long time since I saw it. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes top 100 action movies of all time. Okay, 
I just watched Midnight Run for the first time. Oh, good movie. It is not the 19th best action movie ever made. No, I wouldn't say so. It's a good movie. It's a fucking great movie. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Charles Grodin? <laughs> that sour son of a bitch should be in everything. <laughs> what's, the, what's their number one again? It's Terminator. The first Terminator? Oh, yeah. The Terminator. Seven Samurai. Uh, Terminator 2 is a better movie. The take, <sighs> Come at me. The Taking of Pelham <laughs> 1, 2, 3. Okay, The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 is a good movie. I've never seen the original. I'd like to Jerry do that sometime. It's really good. Okay, well, let's do, it's it, some, not the let's third, do it sometime. It's here. not the third best action movie I've ever made. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I did think this list was pretty fucking weird. Oh, Fist of Legends high up there. I like that. Number four. Well, it's, they're, these are all tied, eh? They're all 100 like, Oh, yeah, they just ordered them in a way that they want to. Or they yeah. had more reviews or whatever. Plus, Apocalypse Now. The Killer's high up there. Killer. Road Warrior. Road Warrior. The Road Warrior is not better than... Than the new one? Fury Road. It'd be, it'd be close for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta watch Road Warrior again, but that's a really good fucking movie. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I wouldn't even consider that an action movie. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. So, How Tango and Cash. Coming at you. Tango and Cash. <laughs> I've seen it. I, I've already watched it I've before. seen it I've well, lived it I I've watched breathed it. it I watched it before Vanishing What Point. do you give it as an overall reaction? <laughs> no, save it let's, Save it Let's dive in <laughs> Let's get right into it Fuck It's uh Holy shit That movie that's mov- This movie starts off with a bang and it's, a, I'm, it's gonna, I'm gonna watch it tonight So I'm looking great, forward to it It's so such, good Such great puns Oh yeah But Oh yeah Anyway, we can't talk about it But yeah, well, well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if I feel like our, I feel like our conversation on this movie kind of had the meandering quality that the movie it had, so maybe that's appropriate. Kind of like had the same tone of <laughs> God. <laughs> you sound like one of them hippies. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, if you listened all the way through to this, listen for a little bit longer. Please like us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, please tell somebody. If you, uh, if you like this, please uh, give it a rating on iTunes. And please tell a friend. Get them to download. Um, give us some feedback. Send us an email or reach out to us. Tell us what we can do better. Um, tell us what you like. And we'll make it as good as we possibly can. So thanks a lot for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week with Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs>